Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast, and another episode of Letterboxd Recap, where we go through the movies we've been watching this past week, as well as rating the Letterboxd Top 4 of 5 of you listeners. And all you have to do is screenshot your Letterboxd and send us a DM on Instagram, and we will add you to the list of who we react to. And this week, how'd you do, Anthony? I only had four watches but we've been pretty busy we did get a couple extra days to watch movies though yeah but because I mean, we I... changed our schedule of letterboxes coming True. out on fridays now i know i know yeah so now letterboxes on fridays we're, we're doing main episodes on mondays and wednesdays now so thursdays are kind of an open day that we're going to be doing like i think the weekly chat's going there now but friday's now letterbox recap and 13 I... I have 13 you have 13 logged <laughs> All right. Well, that is a bit above average. That is a bit above, uh, I don't. Ha- I don't have thirteen logged. I have <laughs> quite fewer than that. But hey, doesn't mean you didn't. You don't have great taste or anything. You know? I don't. It's not. It doesn't mean that at all. I was all over the place with mine as well because we had a couple of the same watches for sure. Uh huh. And we had a watch party on Discord recently, which was fun. But how about we do one of our first movies each, and then get into rating? Let's do it, man. Do we have the same first movie? What's your first movie? The Hitchcock one. No. Okay. Oh, I'm way... Yeah, I have way more than that. <laughs> oh, I know you have 13. We all know well, you have 13 movies logged, Anthony. Everybody knows. <laughs> the first one I watched this week was The Master. Uh, and No, I, I did that last week. Yeah, that was before our PTA. My first episode. watch was The Devil Wears Prada, which I gave three and a half stars. I didn't write a review, but I just wanted something light and, and kind of, uh, you know... Che- like, not cheesy, but like, in good taste. Like, it's fun. Something fun and it's easy. Little, yeah. yeah. And I love the cast, and I hadn't seen it in many years, so I put it on. Because you have Hulu now, and that's what it was on the banners of Hulu when I was exploring. And I was like, you know, I'm going to put Devil Wears Prada. I haven't seen that in a while. It's very fun. It's not the best script. It, 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 I understand its iconic status, but it is for what it works. And the cast is really what makes it work. Ultimately, Anne Hathaway's superstar. Meryl Streep is incredible. I really love uh, Stanley Tucci as well. He's great in his role. It's a fun movie. It's a great little rom-com with the great twist of the fashion world. Yeah, it's a good movie. I haven't seen it yeah. since I was like, when did it come out? Like 2008? This came out a long time ago. It was Earlier 2006. Than that. Yeah, 2006. It was Emily time. Blunt's breakout role. Yeah, I remember seeing it on TV years ago, like on TNT or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. My first movie was, we, you might as well cross this off your list as well. We went to the New Beverly with some friends and saw Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. Obviously gave it five stars. It's one of his best movies. I recently saw this in the spring, but I mean, of course, I'll see this anytime. It was so cool to see it projected on 35mm film. So my review, obviously five stars. Thrilling, mysterious, and hilarious. North by Northwest is Hitchcock at his best. He grabs a hold of the audience within seconds and doesn't let you go until the credits roll. It's phenomenal. It's an all-timer. Some of the best shots ever in cinema, when he's getting chased by the plane in the middle of nowhere, yeah, that is one of the insane. coolest shots that's still like never been topped. That's a badass shot. I gave it five stars, and I wrote a very short one. I just saw this in 35 millimeter epic, and it's it's also an incredible screenplay. It's a really mysterious, twisty, turny. You don't know what to, what to expect next, and on top of that, the the visuals are stunning. Yeah, he grabs you right away. Like, the first opening scene is getting off the elevator, and boom, you're drawn in, and he's pulled you, and he's not letting you go at all. It's it's a great mystery. It's so funny as well. There are a lot of great jokes in this movie, and it's light and serious at the same time. He's just a brilliant filmmaker. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's <laughs> hilarious. Nick Cannon's hilarious, Dad. Dad. Nick Cannon's hilarious. All right, let's rate the top four 
of five listeners. So first up, we got Dylan. Dylan Quinn. Dylan. 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 <laughs> He's a Dylan underscore chip on Letterboxd. His top four are Inception. Mm-hmm. The Social Network. Loving it. Get Out, which is an awesome movie to put in your top four. And then The Wolf of Wall Street. What a great selection. I'm not fucking leaving. Great selection of 21st century cinema right there. I love it. These are some. These are four of my favorite movies of the past 20 years. Absolutely, like They're all man. incredible. They're all up there. And then he's recently been watching The Killing, Stanley Kubrick's film, The Thing, Oppenheimer. Gave it five stars. And then A Star is Born. Nice. Four and a half stars. Great taste in cinema. Great taste in film. And The Killing, he gave a four and a half stars as well. Cool. So, I mean, that's a great Stanley Kubrick movie. Dylan, thanks for sending it in, pal. Who we got next? Next up, we have... Sorry, one second. It was in a different album. Oh, I got it's it got right. multiple albums over there, I see. It's, it's a complicated system. Yeah, very, it's very, very sophisticated in your iPhone. <laughs> next up, we got Muhammad. And Muhammad's top four are Blended, the Adam Sandler Drew Drew Barrymore reunion, their third, third <laughs> film together. I haven't seen that in so long. That's a good one. Yeah, they're so great together. Interstellar. Oh my God! Yes, legendary. The Lion King, the animated film. Mm-hmm. The only it's the Is good it? Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad also chose a great letterbox poster. It's uh, the cloud of is Mufasa. Oh, very cool. It's really awesome. I love that. And then. Ironically, an episode we just did, Shawshank. Oh, my God. Shawshank, Shawshank finishes out Muhammad's top four. What a coincidence. Most loved film of all time. Thanks. That's an Thanks excellent top four. Thanks for saying that four. in, Muhammad. Next up, we got Sean. Sean Brewer has... Is that my daughter, Sean? Sean, Sean is that my daughter? <laughs> Mystic River. <laughs> we set it up that they know. Yeah, but just I want people to know, because not everyone listening knows the joke. <laughs> And nearly every episode we say it. If not Sean every, Penn is brought up or just the word Sean is brought up, we say it. Not every episode we do it, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you get new listeners. You got to let them know that we're referencing the, the iconic Boston you're classic. Right, you're right. There are new people every once in a while. Yeah. All right. Sean's top four are Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Great pick. Excellent pick. I'm not sure I've seen that yet in the top fours. Oh, I thought you meant like you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? You're not going to say that? Our brothers used to watch this all the time. Ferris Bueller's? What is this movie? <laughs> <laughs> then No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, amazing pick. That used to be my favorite movie of all time for like from the ages of three and of up. Like when it came, so like when I was sixteen to like twenty five, that was my favorite movie ever. That was always my number one. What overtook it? The Matrix. Yeah, The Matrix yeah. has overtaken it. I mean, yeah, The Matrix is. I would, I would say, I would like, the, I like The Matrix better than No Country. I was just really into that movie because I was really into Cormac McCarthy as well and reading his books. But that movie's just exceptional. Didn't know you could read. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> Next up, we have another Kubrick film, Dr. Strangelove. Great pick. Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying. I don't think we've ever seen that in a, in a top four favorites. I've, I think it might be the first one, yeah. I there might have be been another, yeah. but it might, this might be a very eclectic and original top four very from cool. Sean. And then Pan's Labyrinth. A wonderful, oh, yeah. wonderful movie. Got a poster of that in my room. We did a full episode on that thing. I adore Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, my goodness. Just hearing the theme for Ophelia makes me cry. <laughs> and then Sean has been watching Little Miss Sunshine. She gave four stars. It's a great movie. Mad Max Fury Road. An accurate five-star rating. <laughs> a correct. Um, the Machine, which I haven't seen yet. With, the, the with, Bert, the, with Bert? Yeah. And then Fast X. All over the place. Yeah, I like it. Eclectic. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we got Ben. B Gaines on the three, four, 354 on Letterboxd. Oh, this is a good one. He's got The Thing. 
Oh my gosh, it's a great first. I pick. actually put the thing. I changed my letterbox for favorites to horror this month. For yeah, October. well, we're not talking about you. We're no, talking but I had Ben. But I have the thing on it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> I did The Shining, Rosemary's Baby, Silence of the Lambs, and The Thing. So those are oh, my horror. top four favorite horror movies. Ooh, did you do uh, color coordinations? Not really. I just chose the coolest posters. And you're, then obviously you're a cool dude, man. The the banner is uh is uh the shining rug. Nice. With Danny with the toys. Alright, next up on Ben's top four, we got American Beauty. Incredible film mm-hmm. with an amazing screenplay. We have that screenplay. Oh yeah, it's like somewhere right, it's around stacked here somewhere. up right yeah. here. Oh, I think it's behind your head. Yeah. Then Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, sir. And then Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. What a top four. <laughs> really great. And then l- lately, Ben has been watching Bo is Afraid, three and a half stars, Air, five stars, Sisu, three and a half stars, and Guardians 3, four stars. All 2023 releases. I, I, so Sisu got a lot of hype, but I, I, was, I haven't seen it yet because it did get a lot of mixed responses from not just critics, but from audiences all over. So I was like, it might not. I mean, the trailer was really cool. Yeah, I'm sure it's really good. It was yeah. a huge box office. Yeah, for, a, made a, ton uh, of for money. a German film. Yeah, huge. All right, last up, number five, we have Ole Carlson. He's got Seth Rogen as his profile photo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Whiplash. Iconic. Apocalypse Now. I love this on the top four. Uh-huh. Apocalypse Now is one it's of my amazing. favorite movies. It's a masterpiece. We got another The Thing. There we go. Legendary man, it's it really is legendary. That's how good that movie is. That's it's such a good movie that forty three years later people put in their favorite films and nobody watched it when it came out and no one yeah it's it's it's, and it's not appreciated by like massive audiences I feel like but like great like film film people, lovers love, love film it people adore the but thing. still I think you're right mainstream audiences may have never not, seen the thing I know yeah. so many people that have never even heard of it mm-hmm. man that's that's sad I know because it's so good that's how good it is yeah well the people who Appreciate film. Appreciate they should do it. a re-release of the thing. I, I, I like that, that would, would be, be a movie that would decimate a re-release. Like uh, like next year. What, what <laughs> studio owns the thing? The thing. I'm gonna guess Warner Brothers. Let me check real quick. Who owns the thing? The thing is Universal. How does Universal not just release the thing every year? Why don't they have? They should have like um an Arctic Tundra horror set. Yeah, Universal for, Studios. Yeah. That would be cool. Because I want to do uh, Halloween Horror Nights this couple of upcoming weeks. It's all month for October and starting in September. Yeah, yeah. But they have a, a, a The Last of Us exhibit. But they should just have a Thing exhibit. Yeah, that'd be really that cool. Would cr- that would draw in cl- crowds. And it's probably because the remake didn't do well. That they're like, oh, no one cares about the thing. And it's like, no, no one cares about the remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad remake. The bad one, yeah. Not bad, I'm sorry, it's just mediocre. The prequel. The the prequel reboot. Yeah. No one just cares about No one about cares about that, no one, but people care about the the, the original good, the, yeah. the second not the original the, the second the, the original original. The, the original s- remake. The second the first <laughs> the first remake. The original remake is the one. Just how about was John Carpenter's the thing. How cool would that be if they had a a huge like set? That would be awesome. I mean I think it's relevant as hell. Even though it came out in nineteen eighty two, yeah. It's still a huge movie, especially Halloween time. All right. Finishing up his top four, we got 12 Angry Men. Amazing. Which we did last month. That was like eight years ago, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And for recent watches, uh, we have, he has, they did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Amazing. And then Across the Spider-Verse. Did he do Extended or? or... Doesn't stay on Letterboxd. Yeah, it only has the regular titles. But that's it for our 
top four, top five, uh, Letterboxd top out. four <laughs> listeners this week. Thanks so much for sending those in. If you haven't sent yours in, all you have to do is screenshot it, send us a DM on Instagram. We'll add to the list. We have over 100 that we have to get to. We do five every episode of Letterboxd Recap. It's so much fun. So, And again, we've changed the schedule, so Letterboxd Recaps come out every Friday now. Yes. So Monday, Wednesday are main movie episodes. Mm-hmm. Correct, Amundo. And this past week we had... Monday was our episode on the Shawshank Redemption. We finally broke down the most loved movie of all time. And then Wednesday, we did an episode on... What did we do? On Wednesday? No, Wednesday was Shawshank Wednesday Redemption. Wednesday Shawshank. You did Monday 1994. Was, okay, Monday was 1994, a year in film. Yeah. And back Shawshank to back bangers. Wednesday, yeah. They were good episodes. <laughs> they were lovely episodes. And I mean, we got Blade Runner coming out next week. We're going to do an episode on the WGA strike. Blade Runner 2049 we're doing. Oh, I'm sorry. Blade Runner 2049 next week as well as an episode on the, the WGA new contract explaining everything about it. Oh, yeah. So get excited about that next week. Let's get into our other watches of this week, Anthony. All right. I'll do two. I watched The Perfect Storm. Yeah, I can't. Like it's Perfect Storm guy. It's a wicked awesome guy was my review. <laughs> Three and a half stars. <laughs> so this movie, it's... Not that great, but it does work. It's got an amazing score by Howard Shore. Like, really good score. Uh, Wolfgang Peterson made this. He did a couple other like pretty big, disastrous movies. Um, George Clooney leads this cast with Mark Wahlberg, Diane Lane. Uh, there's a ton of amazing actors in this. John C. Riley, William Fickner, Mary Elizabeth Mostriano, John Hawks, Karen Allen. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Bob Gunton. So many great actors, and it's fun seeing them all earlier in their careers doing trying to do the Boston accent. <laughs> yeah, I mean Wolfgang's a great director too. I mean Das Boot is awesome. He made yeah. the Never Ending Story. Troy, Troy, I loved when I was like a teenager when it's it came out, but it great. hasn't held yeah. up as well. But Air Force One, he did as well in the Line of Fire. This guy's made some yeah. great, great movies, and it's fun. But what's most impressive about the movies? The CGI looks phenomenal. And I was watching this, and I was like, God damn, this is holding up. Like, I, yeah, I watched it on a plane like yeah. a couple months ago. The water in the storm effects are really just sensational. And for 2000, and, and this was before Pirates, it's, it, it was just like phenomenal uh, water CGI and visual effects. So whatever whatever company made this uh, did a phenomenal job. And George Clooney is a very good lead in this film. Yeah, he's he's a star. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a superstar. And, and Mark Wahlberg, it, it's a good earlier role for him. I like it. I like it a lot. But three and a half stars. It's not, it's not great. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then I watched Horrible Bosses. Did you really? Yeah. You got a bunch of comedies going on. Huh? I know. I kind of went like a very low-key light this week. Yeah. Sometimes you need that. Yeah. I mean, you can only watch so many movies from 1957, Anthony, yeah, yeah. and then just you need a little <laughs> detox. You got to remember that you're living in the present. 
<laughs> um, Horrible Bosses, it was good. It's not as great as I remembered, but it's still funny. I'm sorry, you saw the original, not the second. So the, the original, first one, oh, yeah. just Horrible Bosses. So with Colin Farrell yeah. and Kevin Spacey and Aniston. Yeah, yeah. Because the second one's Jamie Foxx, right? Jamie Foxx is or in is he both. In the first one? He's motherfucker. Okay, he's like the guy that gets them connected. Yeah, his yeah. name's motherfucker. Joe. <laughs> motherfucker Joe. That's the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> it has a really funny first ten minutes, and then it's kind of just like laughs here and there, not as consistent with the comedy, but it's still a lot of fun. I love the cast. It's just really great seeing the veteran actors with these this younger generation of comedic actors um, who are up and coming at the time. This is 2011. Charlie Day, this is one of his early, big roles outside of Sonny. And Sudeikis was coming off of SNL. Bateman was still kind of breaking out in film. So this was a, a big early role for the three of those guys. And then you got Spacey Aniston and Colin Farrell having a lot of fun. So it's, yeah. it's, it's got a, some laugh-out-loud moments, though. I was cackling a couple of times. A, a lot of companies are like that. The opening act is the, really the juice, the funny parts, and, and the best moments when it comes to comedy, especially in that movie when we're meeting the bosses and how horrible they actually are with Charlie Charlie Day's character and the dentist played by Jennifer Aniston and then Sudeikis' boss played by Colin Farrell he's like yeah. the son of like <laughs> the, 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 yeah. <laughs> his, the dad died to own the company right yeah he had a heart attack he's like in charge of he's got like that crazy comb over and he's got a coke problem and so he's really funny in that movie <laughs> he wanted to fire someone because they had a wheelchair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like Professor X wheeling around like it's some kind of asshole who does he think he is <laughs> And today, because it's like he's paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Farrell's he was. This is surprising for Colin Farrell. Like he needed to do this. To... It, it sort of reminds me of when he was Bullseye in Daredevil. It was a very Bullseye it, it's character. Sort of built bullseye. Yeah, he has pretty pretty similar like uh, idiosyncrasies to Bullseye like the for anger. sure. Yeah, very funny. And probably the the bald head helps yeah. as well. <laughs> All right, my next watch was, you can cross off your list as well, Shawshank Redemption. We did a great episode on it on Wednesday. It's one of those movies we've talked about bringing up here and there in episodes. We did a prison movie episode back in like 2021 where we talked about it for like 20 minutes, but we had to finally do a full episode on it because when we were doing our 1994 episode of the year in film, we're like, let's do the Shawshank Redemption because obviously it came out that year, one of the best picture nominees of 1994. And it's sensational. Five stars, obviously. It's just a masterpiece. The most loved the most loved movie of all time. IMDb, 2.8 million ratings. No one's even close to that. And it's a 9.2. Or is it a 9.3 on IMDb? Which yeah, is 9.3. Absurd. And then a 4.5 on Letterboxd. It has, on Letterboxd, it has 504,000 five-star ratings on Letterboxd. Five-star ratings. 504,000. Absurd. 55% of its ratings on IMDb are 10. There are 120. There are 828 half star ratings on Letterboxd. And so, actually, I, I saw this theory the other day about the Shawshank Redemption, how it overtook The Godfather as the number one spot in 2008 on IMDb. And I, I read somewhere that there was like internet photo, I mean, um, review bombing going on back then, where like The Godfather and The Dark Knight fans were in a war to get their movies number one on IMDb. And they were review bombing the other movies. So if you look at The Godfather and you look at The Dark Knights, they have a surprising number of one-star ratings. Obviously, wow. it's very low, but the ratings make no sense when you look at the reviews and they're just yeah. like, this is absurd. It's all coming around like 2008. It must have been like a Reddit thing. Yeah, I think it was like a review bombing back then. And so it's pretty interesting to see that. Obviously, photobombing is a huge problem today, especially with big IPs. and Review bombing? Review, what did I say? Photobombing. I mean, sorry. Review... <laughs> 
review bombing is it's an issue it is i yeah. mean there's no way she hulk is a 10 there's no way she hulk is a one there's no way rings of power is a 10 there's no way it's a one but it's like a battle between these weird fan bases and it was happening i think in, in this theory that was happening back then which wanted to this war between godfather fans and dark knight fans on imdb trying to get their movie into the number yeah, one yeah, spot I, I, and what? then the shawshank redemption because they were at war with each other no one's given Shawshank a one star rating, yeah. so it just like took over and became number one. Then got so many more reviews and ratings. But because I mean, I mean, that's a that's an interesting theory, and it seems tr- plausible. But Shawshank does have eight hundred thousand more ratings. That's what I'm saying. But then yeah. add and factor in now that it's been the number one movie on IMDb for fifteen that's years now. It. Imagine how many people watch have watched Shawshank Redemption because it was number one on yeah. the IMDb user list. They'd never seen it before. They'd heard of it, but it's like, oh, this is the best movie of all time, apparently, according to fans. I have to watch it. Oh, I'll review it too. So I, I guarantee it's gotten an absurd amount of reviews and ratings since two thousand and eight overtaking the Dark Knight and, and Godfather. When did Reddit start? Who knows, man. Maybe it must have been a Reddit Reddit probably I mean thingy. I was thing, not. Community. I was not big on like the internet communities like that back then. Not I called I it am. a Reddit thing. I'm so sure. not that I am now. I've never been a Reddit user at all. I've, I've been on Reddit maybe five times in my life. I've dabbled. Reddit started in in 2005 in Medford, Massachusetts. Medford, Medford what? Medfa. That's where our parents are born. <laughs> our parents were born in Medford. That's crazy. Yeah, like Reddit started. Reddit started in Medford. Half our family lives in Medford. It's Meffa guy. Meth- Reddit was started in Meffa guy. West Meffa kid. West, <laughs> West Meffa. <Mepha. laughs> So I gave Shawshank a five-star rating, obviously, and I wrote, it really is that good. That was my review. Okay, I, I also watched a movie before uh, Shawshank. I watched Marathon Man, which is a great Dustin Hoffman movie that I love. And it was directed by John Schlesinger. Schlesinger and he did Midnight Cowboy with Dustin Hoffman as well. This movie is really fantastic. I gave it four and a half stars, and I wrote top-tier dentist movie, <laughs> if you know what the movie's about. <laughs> so Dustin Hoffman plays just a, a New Yorker who, who uh, is a long-distance runner. You would, so you, you love this movie. So I'm basically... Yeah. Amazed. This is, Have I'm you a, seen this? No, 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 I've seen some of it. Watch it. All right, I'll watch, watch it. Watch it. It's great. And so he's just, a, he's just a normal guy, but his brother is a CIA agent who gets caught up in this uh, murderous plot by an ex-Nazi who starts killing people out of fear of his uh, treasured diamonds getting stolen during a transfer because this guy, this ex-Nazi, has a deal with the CIA. And so it leads it, Dustin Hoffman's everyman character into the middle of this problem. And, oh, my God, it's it's so good. It's It's got it's famous for its torture scene because the ex-Nazi is a, is a former dentist. And so he uses uh, dentistry as a form of torture. And he... There's a scene with Dustin Hoffman, and it'll make your skin crawl. But it's really fantastic, and you would love it because there's so much fucking running in it. <laughs> it's just Dustin Hoffman shirtless running through New York, sweating, sweating and bloodied. That was me this morning. Not bloodied. So Sometimes it, I'm bloodied. But it's really good. It's, it's an excellent, excellent movie. Excellent. Excellent, excellent skiing. skiing. Excellent skiing. <laughs> <laughs> it's an oldie, though. 1976. So it came out in the famous year of 1976. Got overshadowed by movies like Taxi Driver and Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that this had come out in a different year, it would have gotten a lot of award season recognition. I'm gonna add it to my watch list. It's really great. Thanks, thanks for the recommendation. And then I watched Eastern Promises. Oh wow! I went from comedies to super dark. What a good movie, man! <laughs> Four and a half stars. David Cronenberg directed this film, starring Viggo Mortensen and Naomi Watts. And this is about Russian gangsters in England, in La- in London, and 
how uh, a, a midwife gets involved with the covering up of uh, rape and a murder by the Russian mob. And there's some great twists in this movie. Yeah, it's excellent. And it's a great synopsis. You didn't give anything away. Oh, thanks, man. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't say that. Don't say it. But what's most impressive? So Cronenberg is one of my favorite directors, American directors, and he is. is he, there's no one that makes movies the way he makes them. His approach and his shot selection, his direction and lighting. And this is an example of like nobody shoots like he does. And Naomi Watts is amazing in this. She has a, such a good English accent. I remember when I first saw the film, I thought she was English. Same, because Americans doing the English accent doesn't always work, but English or Australians, they can do the American accent really well because they've just grown up with so much American entertainment. That's usually what it is, but it's different for Americans when they try to do the English accent. But Australian. But it's not just like, she's not just doing an, an English accent. It's a very specific kind, and she hits all of like the idiosyncrasies of the, of the, um, the language. And I, I was I was watching this. This is like my fourth or fifth time watching the film. And I was like, how is she doing this accent so well? She sounds like she's fucking like Emma Watson, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. It's such a good accent. And then Vigo is phenomenal as well, uh, playing a Russian mobster. And That's then, one of the best fight scenes in the spa. The spa the, fight. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. So I really love the film. It's four and a half stars. It's an incredible David Cronenberg film. And... I like his movies where he doesn't go with horror. So this and A History of Violence are two really great crime movies that he's done that have nothing to do with the horror genre. But there are some great moments of gore. Oh, yeah. He still has got the gore. Yeah, so he's he's great at gore. It's disturbing but also really entertaining. Vincent Castle is great in this movie as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I I love Eastern Promises. That's a great watch to to have recently, man. Thanks, man. I I appreciate that. I haven't even thought about that movie in a while. Well, it's on uh, Max. Oh, nice. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen Eastern Promises, watch that ASAP. Put it at the top of your watch list. You'll love it. My next watch... Is it my turn? It is your turn. Was No Hard Feelings. This is a comedy that came out this year that I've been meaning to see. I wanted to see it in theaters, but I just didn't get the chance. Starring Jennifer Lawrence, obviously. I gave it three and a half stars. I wrote, better than expected. It's predictable and silly, but still a lot of fun. Hilarious. J-Law is awesome. She carries this movie on her shoulders like she does so often. She's a star. She's terrific. It's a really funny movie. I was laughing out loud. The plot's kind of crazy and silly and ridiculous, but I think you'll enjoy it if you just need a movie to watch to laugh or have a good time. Silly, kind of not exa- like shut your brain off, but yeah, yeah, great yeah. like uh, supporting performances. Uh, Eben, the guy who plays Richie in The Bears in this movie as well. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got a small supporting role. Eben Moss. Yeah, he's got. A, he's really funny in this. But I mean, it's it's silly. It's funny. It's about this kid who's. 19 years old, he grew up in a very wealthy family, and the movie takes place in Montauk, a, a really like elitist island off the coast of New York, right? Is that where Montauk is? Um, isn't Mon- Yeah, it's where a bunch of Stephen King novels are set. It's kind of like, uh, what's the one in um, Massachusetts? Um, Blanken. Um, off off oh, the coast. Oh, like... Um- Mont- uh, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, like kind of like Martha's Vineyard. Okay, gotcha. And uh, so Jennifer Lawrence plays a local who was born there, but then all these wealthy okay. people come for the summer and uh-huh. they rent up all the houses and they they just can't they can't deal with them. They're sick of them, the locals. And she's trying to save the house that her mother left her, and she lost her job for Ubering because her car her car got repossessed, and that's why she's like rollerblading everywhere. And she's thirty two <laughs> years old. It's really funny. And then she finds this Craigslist ad where this couple, this wealthy elite couple. They're trying to get their son out of his shell. He's going to Princeton the following year in the fall, 
and he doesn't have any friends in real life. They want him to, like, get, they basically want him to have sex yeah. before they go. And that's the trailer. That's the trailer of the movie. Like, you want me to date him or you want me to date him? Oh, date his brains out. Date him <laughs> Date him hard. It's really funny. And it's it's actually very sweet. And it, it becomes very, like, you know, very nice. And it's a, got a great ending. And I found it very endearing and very uh-huh. funny. That's nice to hear. I'm, I'm going to watch it soon. I recommend it. For comedies this year, it's it's up there. Not, I that, wa- many, not that many come out anymore. <laughs> Next, uh, not, not in theaters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next up, I watched Duel, which was Steven Spielberg's debut film. And I wrote, hell of a debut. It's a really fun movie. It's, it's extremely well directed, obviously. But it's about this guy who's just driving um, through Northern California. And up, I think like the five, it looks like, like up in the middle of nowhere, you know. If you're like driving towards like San Francisco, it's just like endless. It's like one freeway, it's two lanes, and it just goes on for miles and miles. And there's uh, an altercation where he gets stuck behind this huge rusty old truck that's going too slow. So then he cuts it off, and then the truck cuts him off, and then he t- then he cuts the truck off, and then cut the truck cuts him off, and then eventually the truck turns violent and the guy driving the truck starts tormenting him trying to kill him um in different various ways following him enticing him basically never letting him out of his sight in a way and it's really cool it's just like this cat and mouse game and what's amazing is you never see the truck driver it's like it's like a monster movie before he made jaws in a way and it's just really brilliantly done it's very simple and ultimately it does slow down a bit but it's because of the way they, they structure the story it's just a guy pretty much on his own for the most part it's really really well done there's the action's fantastic and the driving sequences are amazing that sounds great i still haven't seen that it reminds me of one of the segments in that argentinian anthology co- uh short film movie called wild tales where there's a road rage sequence uh-huh. that ends in great horror and comedy at the same time <laughs> it's, it's really cool it's got mystery too because like he stops off at a diner and the truck's there too, and then he's like. So basically, it's Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers literally just ripped this off. Whoever wrote and directed Jeepers Creepers, they're like, let's do a duel, but with a monster. So the truck's not the monster. There's a monster driving the truck <laughs> with <laughs> normal eyes and teeth. Oh, because he steals eyes. Dude, and teeth. it's. So, I, I watched this and I was like, fucking Jeepers Creepers just stole this movie. Jeepers Unreal. Creepers. Where'd Jeepers Creepers is still papers? good, though. I like Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> I like the second one with the bus. Yeah, the, the school bus, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's a, a horror icon villain that just almost made it. Same thing with the guy with uh, Bagul from Sinister. They almost became... It's just the second film wasn't strong yeah, enough. The bad sequels and bad third films. They've made like five from Jeepers Creepers. They've made, I think, like, four Sinisters. DVDs. Yeah. And I, I, I believe Blumhouse is trying to combine Sinister with another horror franchise, too, just to try to breathe new life into it. But, man, if they made a second good, a second Sinister that was good... Because I really like that first one with Ethan Hawke. That's a good movie. Oh, yeah. And I thought Bagul was an awesome... That's what got Scott Derrickson, Doctor Strange, man. Yeah, that was an awesome horror movie. I just don't love the ending. Obviously, I don't want to spoil it, but um, I think the last 30 seconds, that it kind of took away from it. I like the, I like the ending. Well, I'll, I'll tell you um, off... Epi- well, I'll spoil it right now. So it, warning. Here's, here's a warning. Fast forward ahead. Fast forward you, like yeah. 35 seconds if you don't want to know the ending of S- Sinister. But if you've seen it, listen... When they show Bagul, uh-huh. like in the suit, in person, in, like in holding the, yeah. the kid's hand, 
I didn't I didn't love seeing him like that because he worked better as a He's enigma. better than that. He's, no, he worked better as like an enigma that you can't fully see a spirit almost in a lot of ways. Or at least if, if you're gonna show him, show him in a different way through like a reflection or through water, like they do in the pool. Because it just took away from the mystique of the the horror spirit of Bagul when he's just standing there. It looks like a guy with log hair. It was like Voldemort in his uh, like Armani suit in Half Cracking Blood his Prince. neck. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> in Order of the Phoenix. Suit. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I actually really love Sinister. All right, Sinister spoilers are over if you're back. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah, it's your, you gotta go. I mean,. How many more you got left? Like 17? I have four left. All right, I'll go next. Yeah, well, go the next one is, you can cross off your list as well, Happy Gilmore. We did a watch party on the Discord with Happy Gilmore last night. It was super fun. And I haven't seen this movie years. in years, yeah. like half my lifetime. It's been a while since I've seen Happy Gilmore. But I know this movie so well because we watched it so many times when we were young. <laughs> <laughs> we did this is a real one this isn't when anthony said he watched airheads 12 times we've watched happy gilmore's 20 times before the age of 15 honestly probably more than 20 that's our fact. brothers always had it on we always we had always it had it on yeah. yeah not even just the brothers like i know you always say the brothers always had movies on we had movies on all the time we chose i remember to watch- we i remember the vhs i remember like clearly the vhs cover. we watched happy yeah. but you didn't we didn't even need a vhs it was on tv all the time yeah. this is one of those like weekend movies that like a couple times a year happy gilmore's on you're watching it. This is also a movie you watch with your friends when yeah. you go over your friend's house or they come over your house. Like you put on Happy Gilmore. I feel like it was on Comedy Central a lot too. Mm-hmm. It's just on TV often. It was that big. Sandler was massive in the 2000s when we were young, and so they're just replaying all of his movies a lot. And Happy Gilmore, I forgot, and I still can't. I can't believe how funny it still is. That's how funny this movie is. I was dying laughing. It's silly. There are a lot of moments where I'm like, this is actually a really well-made movie. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes, like, oh, this is pretty campy and silly. <laughs> the script isn't that great. And not the the acting for a lot of the actors is like, eh, it's suspect. But it is funny as hell. I gave it four stars because I miss comedies like this, man. It's got a great blend of slapstick as well as Sandler's man-baby style that he was doing in the 90s and 2000s before he became, like, the... the Not the man-baby anymore, but the man, like, teenager eventually. And, like, the, the, the baby dad... The dad baby, I guess, is kind of what he is these last couple decades. Like, now he's got families with kids Mm -hmm. in his movies. But the man baby was huge for him. And it's a great concept. It's funny. It's relatable. It's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, man, I I love this movie. I was quoting it. I'm like, I forgot I could recite, like, the whole movie. I also gave it four stars. (laughs) And I wrote, still holds up, LOL. It's it's also got, I mean, it's got a lot of heart. It does have a lot of heart to it. Um, And it's it's combining that with the raunchiness. And for the most part, I would say 90% of the time, the comedy still landed really hard. Yeah. It's so funny because I remember like growing up in elementary school and high school and people quoting this movie, like calling each other jackass, jackass, (laughs) jackass. You eat eat pieces of shit for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Like so many of these lines were just being quoted around school all the time with our friends. Oh my goodness, man. This movie was, it was one of the most nostalgic viewings I've had in years for a movie. <laughs> it was movie. great. I felt like a kid again. It was, it was really funny. I, I love it. <laughs> All right, next up, we both watched Blade Runner 2049. Yes, sir. I gave it five stars, and I wrote, somehow, Villeneuve pulled off an amazing sequel to the original masterpiece. We are doing a full episode on this. It's an epic Two and a half hours. What did we do? Two and a half hours? Yeah, something like that. Two and a half hours on Blade Runner 2049 that comes out on Wednesday. It's a really, 
I had a lot of fun talking about this movie, but it's sensational. Um, it's gotten so much recognition and love since its release. Um, it's one of the most liked movies online that I've seen lately on social media, both on TikTok and Instagram and on Letterboxd. So I'm happy to see uh, Blade Runner 2049 get the love it deserves. It's one of the best sci-fi films of the century. I agree, man. 8.0 on IMDb, that is, that's a really great score. I mean, if you can get 8.0 on a movie... It's a great film, especially a legacy sequel, especially a sequel, especially a movie that no one thought was possible. It's a really terrific film, one of the best sci-fi films of the century for sure. And I can't wait for everyone to listen to the episode because two and a half hours, one of my favorite films the last 10 years, man. And it's, it's excellent. There is so much to talk about. And it's just one of those movies that I wish did a lot better at the box office so we could have gotten a sequel because of they wanted to expand on it and do the rebellion of the replicants. But unfortunately... It only pulled 270 at the box office, so it was not profitable. It's probably pulled profit since then with VOD and everything. But it was just one of those movies. It's one of those movies that you know fan, film fans appreciate, and it's still relevant. Like you said, people talk about this all the time on the internet, on Twitter, on Instagram, you know, on YouTube. So that makes me happy. You did a great job on that episode. Hey man, you were great in that episode too. Oh, thanks. All right, what don't do you got next? Short, don't sell yourself short. I watched one more movie this week. I watched Snatch. Nice. I adore Guy Ritchie, and this is his Goodfellas. That's what my <laughs> review was. Yeah, he's a really special filmmaker for me, in my opinion. I, I really connect with his storytelling and his style. And he's he was an innovator back when he was making his films, and you know he took a lot of influence from clearly mob movies in the in America, and then kind of making it his own sort of style of mob films or crime films in the UK, and having just massive casts of eclectic characters and connecting all these stories together. So. You can see the, the massive influence on American cinema on him and how he brought it to the UK and created his own style of cinema. And I think he's he's not tour. He took the Tarantino approach to Kinda, violent crime cinema yeah. and brought it to the UK. Yeah, but in also, his own style. you know, when we were talking about PTA, our episode on him, like the Robert Altman, big cast, big ensembles, connecting stories. And this is, this is I think it's probably still his best movie. I really love The Man from Uncle. Better than Sherlock 1? I love Sherlock 1 too, but... This is a, this is great. I, I I say this one maybe because of how original it is, and I really really love it. It's it's gritty. It's still got that rawness of his original his, his early style. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I think I it's that, yeah. hysterical. The cast is great, and I love c- crime comedies. It's a tough genre to pull off. Cr- that crime com- crime comedy, mob comedy, and he nails it. And it's got great humor. Jason Statham's good in it. Yeah, Jason Statham's early awesome. For him. I mean, Brad Pitt obviously is—he's like the biggest star in the movie. He plays the gypsy. I had a dream last night that I watched the transporter. That's a cool dream. I was like, I'm—I <laughs> remember clearly putting on the transporter and watching the transporter and being like, man, it'd be cool if they made another one. That was literally my dream last night. It's an Weird. interesting dream. But I love Snatch. It's—it's it's a great movie. All right, great pick. Brad Pitt's funny as hell in that movie. Like dags? The dags? You like, you like dags? dags? Like dags? Yeah, dags. Dags. <laughs> dags. Oh, dogs. I like dogs. <laughs> All right. I watched Midnight in Paris, which I gave four and a half stars, and I wrote, just wonderful. I love this movie. It's really great. It's uh, one of Woody Allen's best films of the 21st century. Owen Wilson's actually very good in it. But then you got Marion Cotillard. That's supposed to mean actually very good. Like he's not normally good, Anthony. <laughs> he's great at a certain thing. <laughs> he is. He has a ceiling. <laughs> he has a ceiling. He has. A, he has a type. I'm trying to think, has he ever cried on camera? Um, he's gotten teary-eyed. He yeah, gets teary-eyed a few times. Yeah, I wouldn't say cry, but he he can he can 
make his eyes red. Although I swear to God, when I watch Owen Wilson movies, it looks like he's high the whole time. He probably probably is. is. <laughs> <laughs> no, some people just have that like look. No, no, he they, he's a big stoner. Is he, he and his brother? Yeah. He just has that I don't care vibe. Yeah. I like that. He's just well, like, it works. Yeah, he's yeah got, whatever happens, man. He's wow, got that. Wow, yeah. look at that door. Who put that? Oh in? wow. Uh, but Rachel McAdams is great. Michael Sheen is great as a very pretentious, super annoying know-it-all. But I love the idea of the time travel, but it's done in such a, a simple way, and it's just amazing to see the amazing cast play these iconic characters. And they just show up for like a scene or two. You got Tom Hiddleston of as, as F. Scott Fitzgerald, and then Corey Stoll as Hemingway is great. Adrian Brody is Dali. 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 <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. But I love the idea of this. Basically, the theme of this film is um, being stuck in the past and not not paying attention to the present, and how that can be a a, a pro and a con. And actually, if you get to see, if you could actually live in the time that you think was the best time ever, would it? Would you really like that? Or would you always... Everybody says the time... There was a golden age before the golden age. And, and back then they would say... In the 20s, they said the golden age was the 1890s. In the 1890s, they said the golden age was the Renaissance. And, and there really is no perfect age or time uh, because what's mo- most important is really the present because that's where you are. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good yeah, time travel movie. Really great. And then I watched... The Descendants, an Alexander Payne movie. I watched Sideways a couple weeks ago. So I was like, I mean, I love Alexander Payne. I never watch his movies enough. And The Descendants is a really good uh, family drama starring George Clooney and Shailene Woodley. Clooney plays the patriarch of a family who, whose uh, wife is in a coma. And she's uh, going to be taken off of life support. So he's going through the motions of informing the family and trying to overcome it. It's uh, got really great tones and... It's set in Hawaii, but what I like that Alexander Payne does is he shows the different side of Hawaii. Not the romantic side, not the vacation side, but, uh, you know, the metropolitan part of Hawaii, the poverty-stricken parts of Hawaii. And he's in the, the film opens with a great little monologue of Clooney narrating, narrating that it's not like, Hawaii is not what you all think it is. It's not just beaches. We're not all surfing all the time, you know. We all are dealing with life just like you are, and we're all dealing with problems just like you are. And it's and life's just as hard for us as it is for anyone else in any part of the world. And so it's not just just because we live in Hawaii doesn't mean we live in paradise, per se. Yeah, it's a good movie. I just feel like, for me, with Clooney, up until he finally had kids, like, what, five, six years ago, you could always tell, like, even though he's playing a dad in some of his movies, like, he doesn't have kids. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have, He didn't like, have the tenderness. He didn't have, yeah, that dad quality or that But in this quality. movie, he plays a guy who's a workaholic, and yeah. the reason why is, so his wife is in a coma, but he finds the main twist of the movie is that... Spoilers! It's not a twist, it's in the okay. trailer. It's okay. in the trailer. The setup for the movie, I mean, is she's in a coma, and he found out that she was having an affair with him for over a year. Mm-hmm. So she's been cheating on him for over a year. So that he's the whole plot of the movie is him trying to find out who this guy is. And the reason why she cheated on him for so long was because he just was an absentee husband and father. Even George Clooney gets cheated on. Even George. Even George. 
<laughs> Got any other watches? That's it for my watches. All right, well, that wraps our Letterboxd recap. We had some great viewings in there. We really appreciate everyone who sent their Letterboxd recent four or four favorites into us. So, again, you can just screenshot that and send it to our Instagram DM. We'll add you to the list and get to them. Eventually, we do five every Letterbox recap. Again, episodes this past week, we did 1994, A Year in Film. The Shawshank Redemption was on Wednesday. On Monday, we'll be doing our WGA contract explained. So, the WGA striked a deal with the AMPTP, and we finally got an end to the strike for the WGA. SAG is supposedly meeting with them eventually this upcoming week. Of yeah, we might even have, we might even get to throw some SAG details into yeah, it. Maybe even Dune will come back to November for the release. I we'll see. But we're going to basically explain the contract. We're going to go over all the details and what it means when it relates to residuals, artificial intelligence, the things that writers are getting in terms of guarantees of what they're going to get paid per episode for a show for minimum episodes per seasons and stuff like that. So we'll be talking about the contract and what it means for the WGA and the studios going forward. And it's for three years. So we got this locked up for three years. I'm sure hopefully they can settle it in 2026 as well, but we'll do that on Monday and then Blade Runner 2049 on Wednesday. Nothing but bangers, nothing but bangers. And again, we did Shawshank in 1994 and Paul Thomas Anderson was a good episode last yeah, week. week and a half ago. We did uh, Paul Thomas Anderson director spotlight. Yeah, so check those out as well. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to support us on Patreon if you would like to join our Patreon. We have a bunch of different memberships with all sorts of perks. And please leave us five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple if you can. That helps us get seen worldwide on those apps. We appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts as well. So also subscribe to YouTube if you'd like to. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.